Big Z Sports Spot. Hey, how we doing? Been a little while. A long three-week absence. I apologize for that. Was not intended in the slightest. We'll get you caught up on everything that uh, has happened this last three weeks here. Big Z Sports Pod. Glad to be back with you yet again. Big Z here. Hope you're having a great pandemic. I say that tongue-in-cheek. I hope you're surviving. I hope you're maintaining and I hope you're finding some solace and some solitude here. Staying safe, of course, the, the biggest priority here. Big Z here again, Big Z Sports Pod, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you're picking us up. We appreciate you doing just that. Back to our regular Wednesday drop here today. And uh, a lot to digest here. A lot on my mind, a lot to talk about. First, let's get you caught up here, though. Uh, long break, not intended. I told you I was going to keep churning this out, the podcast. I apologize for that. Things came up, things got a little hectic and hairy, but all for the good. All It's all good, 110% all good. I did not want to put out something that I was going to regret, so I held off. Some advice from the, the better half and the folks at home. Appreciate that. Last time we spoke, it was a family of three. It is now a family of four, baby girl born, early part of this month. Everybody's happy, everybody's healthy. Uh, the little nugget was a little smaller than I was anticipating. But doing good, doing fine. Came home a day later and started the family four plus four paws. Fast forward uh, 12 days from there. Close in. Big boy house. Homeowner now. Glad to be part of that. The move was strenuous, ongoing, wrapping that up uh, and trying to get the the former residents uh, cleaned up to, to get rid of that set of keys. But do not recommend Highly do not recommend trying to move and increase a family in a 12-day spam. Not ideal. Would not wish it upon anybody else, especially if you're planning to move yourself. And with the help of some family and some friends, uh, do not recommend that. And do not recommend, big tip of the cap to my father-in-law, sister-in-law, for their help with my wife and I, uh, with their help painting, trimming, detailing, taking care of all the painting of a house, all the bedrooms, walkways, living areas, bedrooms, you name it. Uh, We've got it all painted, including the cabinets. Cabinets. That is a pain in the backside, to say the least. But tip of the cap, uh, we are going to be talking a lot of uh, Home Depot, a lot of Menards, a lot of hardware stuff. That's into the vocabulary. Uh, Talking uh, softeners. We're talking mulch. We're talking yard work, fertilizers, uh, cutting designs. Yeah, it's all in the homeowner's insurance policy. Yeah, we are. We're official the uh, the Geico commercial when the guys are now your parents. Uh, that commercial, those commercials with Geico, uh, when a guy buys a home, they turn into their parents. Yeah, that's exactly what is happening here on a daily basis. Um, big, uh, big uh, CrossFitter. Go to the CrossFit Games every year. Obviously, we could talk about uh, that whole debacle here the last couple of weeks uh, here today as well. But uh, me and another uh, couple, my wife and I, and another couple. Uh, each have two kids roughly the same age, just weeks apart, and uh, they've had their home for a little over a year now. We joked. We went from talking PRs and wad times to now talking grass fertilizers, which one's better, mulch colors, and uh, what plants to buy with their home and plans to buy with their homeowner's insurance. So, hey, it's a reality, folks. It happens to the best of us. Uh, we get sucked into that. And the best line I heard, a home is not an asset. It's a liability. 
And I've uh, been a homeowner less than a month and can already concur with those sentiments. So let's get back to business here. Let's get back. Front of the line. Baseball is back. Finally, just getting wrapped up to get things underway. We'll have schedules coming out here the next week and what that will look like. Spring training is going to get going here the 1st of July. Excitement at about a 6. On a 1 to 10, it's about a 6. If it was a month ago, it would have been a 12. It's a 6. Why? And I don't, I don't necessarily blame all of it on labor talks, but it is mostly on labor talks. Why did it have to take this long? Why did it have to take this long? I understand why, but why? Seriously, it's, it doesn't make any sense. All of June, all of July, I get the virus. It's still out there. It's going to come into play. Folks are wondering how this is going to happen. It's going to happen. There's too much money at stake for it not to happen. Same with the NBA, same with the National Football League. There's too much money to be had or not to be had to not have a season. Baseball will happen. It'll be fine. They they put in some great uh, great language in there of a COVID uh, injury list, if you will, or a separate list. If someone gets uh, the COVID, they can go on the list and they can call somebody up. It's too bad, obviously, if you're on the minor league side of things, you're not going to have a season for those individuals not getting that opportunity. How many folks' dreams of making it to the big leagues not going to happen because of no minor league system? Not possible here in this COVID season. But Major League Baseball, why did it take so long? The owners, the players coming down and, and imposing, even in getting it done, the players said no to make it happen. It was just the most baseball thing you could ever imagine. Uh, it took a no vote by the players for the season to actually get started so they can file a grievance. On the player side, I completely understand it. You're trying to get the most money. You only have an, a 10-year window, roughly. I mean, obviously, some careers last longer in the bigs than others. But roughly, just say a 10-year window. If you're the Mike Trouts, you're the Mookie Betts, you're the uh, Christian Yelages of the world. You're the you're the six you're the six infielder on a roster. You got about a ten year window to make your money. If I'm in their position, I'm in I'm in the radio side of things. Uh, so I have like a forty to fifty year window where I can make money. If you're a major league baseball player, you're a professional athlete. You got a roughly ten year window to make as much money as possible. And this COVID has forced the hand by owners and players that we're not going to make all that money. So if you're a player, you're Blake Snell, you're Bryce Harper, you came out early saying, hey, I'm not going to play for anything less than my full my full contract. We agreed to the prorated salaries once. I'm not doing it again. I'm not renegotiating our contract prorate and uh, percentage of salaries. I get that the owners are going to lose money, but I can't afford to lose money because this is my window. Most owners, this isn't how they made their money. They made their money in business. They made their money on Wall Street. They made their money in real estate. They made their money in oil. That's our tech companies nowadays. That's how most of the owners are making and have made their money. Most owners aren't going or, or didn't make their money by buying a franchise. Where do they get their money to buy the franchise? Of the Pirates, of the Marlins, of the Yankees, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I get that as a player. You're going to hold out to make sure you get the most money and alleviate by not getting the biggest risk. Waiting for a vaccine, that wasn't that wasn't likely to happen. It was not going to happen. You'd be in 2021 at the earliest before that was going to happen. But why did it have to take this long? And because it took this long, did it lose the luster of baseball season? I say yes, 110%. I told you at the onset, it's about a 6 of excitement level now for this upcoming baseball season. Could have been a 12, even if it was the 4th of July, America's birthday, independence, baseball, hot dogs, cold beer, back on opening day, the 4th of July. Would have been a 12. But because it had to sit and fester 
and wait another three, four weeks for the for the baseball players owner association and the owners come together. You take away the excitement because it drags on. It's the only thing in sports we were talking about for a number of weeks because we do basketball. It already made a decision. The NFL was so far away, and we're still on the heels and, and, and rubbing off on the excitement from the NFL draft. And now we're waiting, waiting, waiting for baseball, the only sport of team sports that has social distancing embedded into it where the bases are 90 feet apart. The players on the field are at least 60 feet apart. 60 feet, 6 inches at a minimum from pitcher and catcher. There's social distancing built into it that it took them the longest to figure out what they are going to do. So I think it takes away its luster. You get players coming out in public. Uh, I, t- I told you Bryce Harper, Blake Snell, I understand what they were, what they were getting at that they're, we're going to hold down for the most money. But you don't want to hear that. Nobody wants to hear millionaires and billionaires bickering about the finances, about how much money. Oh, instead of making $35 million, I'm going to make 14 this year. Instead of $27, i am going to make 8.5. Instead of making $2.5 billion, I'm going to be down to $777,000. Rough estimates there, but you get where I'm getting at. Most folks are happy in that forty-five dollars to $60,000 range, or heck, even 40000 with the, the the layoffs, and the maybe taking away of your paycheck because of the COVID, depending on what industry you're in. Most folks will be happy in that mid to upper five-figure paycheck. Six figures, still doing pretty darn good. You're okay. You're hanging in there. But when you start talking about professional athletes and for what they do for a living, something you and I did as kids and would give an arm and a leg to do for a professional career, nobody wants to hear that. And because of the length and the longevity of the feud, It's taking away the luster. It's not because there's going to be no fans. It's not because it's going to be a sprint, not a marathon. Everybody knew going in with the COVID that this was going to be a different baseball season. But because of the length, because of the amount of no's, the amount of proposals, the public yelling back and forth and blaming and finger pointing and calling names, it takes away its luster. Now, will I watch opening day, July 23rd, 24th? You betcha. I'll have the TV on. I'll, I'll be listening to the radio. I'll be following along like everybody. But will it have the opening day of March? Will it have the opening day of July 4th? No, it will not. And I don't think anybody in their right mind will tell you it's going to feel the same. Will we be excited? Absolutely. But think about this. If things stay as scheduled, the NBA and the NHL returning at the end of the month, Baseball will only have a five, six, seven-day window of owning the sports spotlight instead of a month getting momentum, getting more fans, getting younger fans. Now you got a four, five, six games, and then it's back to LeBron James and Giannis Antetokounmpo and Steph Curry. And back to, is Kevin Durant going to come back and play? Are the Lakers going to win a title, or is it going to be Kawhi? It's right back to the NBA in their bubble and we'll pick baseball back up in October, maybe, maybe this year. If the NFL's playing, forget about it. World Series, you know how that works on the weekend. College football on the weekend, if that's off and running, like it will be in the SEC, forget about it. Baseball will have five days of owning the sports calendar instead of a four-week or a two-month opportunity to capitalize on the sports fandom, the thirst, the need, the desperation of live entertainment. They've wasted that. All right, the only other thing I really wanted to talk about here today that I had in my mind, it's been it's been on my mind the last two, three days here. And I forget where I read or where I heard this. 
But it made me think about Dak Prescott. I know he just signed his franchise tender. He'll be paired up with Mike McCarthy. And it made me wonder, how's that relationship going to go? Mike McCarthy, Aaron Rodgers, we know how that ended. They won a Super Bowl, but we know how that ended. Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy, that'll be something to watch. I'll be paying attention to that. Obviously, born in the the Dairy State uh, here in Dairy Month, uh, the month of June. I'll be paying attention to that. But But quarterback and coach, those relationships. And it got me thinking, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, 20 years together. Who really made that relationship work? Who was the one that benefited the most from the other? Or who was more responsible for the success? Now, if this was the NBA, I would say player 110% is the reasoning why. Did Phil Jackson make Michael Jordan, or did Michael Jordan make Phil Jackson? You can make the argument they needed each other, and if they didn't have each other, they wouldn't have won the titles that they did. But I still think Michael Jordan elevated Phil Jackson, because if Michael Jordan said, no, I don't want to do the triangle, then who's to say that the triangle ever would have been as successful as it was? So Michael Jordan, I would give the nod there. Well, about the NFL? Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. Who made who? Really, I mean, really pestering in my mind here. And, and really perplexed about this for the longest time. And then it dawned on me. But then it dawned on me, thinking about this more, looking up some, some names, looking up some numbers, taking a look at how things transpired. 20 years together, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. 18 postseason appearances, 17 division titles, 13 trips to the conference championships, 1-9, lost 4, 6-3 in Super Bowl. Six titles, of course, Tom Brady, the quarterback of each one of those. Only two years did the Patriots not make it to the postseason. The first time, the year after they won their first Super Bowl back in the early 2000s, Patriots went 9-7, and seven, second in the division. Then the only other time the Patriots did not make the playoffs was the year Tom Brady was hurt. They went 11-5, Matt Castle. Uh, remember that second time there. Uh, that's a feather in the cap to Tom Brady, maybe. He didn't play. Or Bill Belichick, that they went 11-5, and five, and it just so happened to be the New York Jets had an unbelievable defense, and they were able to make it to the postseason. And uh, Patriots lucked, uh, missed the boat on the lock because it was a rather deep AFC that year. Think about this one as well. 3-1, and one, that was the Patriots' record the first four weeks of the 2016 season with the likes of Jimmy Garoppolo, Jacoby Brissett as a starting quarterback because Tom Brady was suspended from Deflategate. All right. 20 years, 18 trips to the postseason. All right. Numbers. Pretty favorable. Who, who's got the upper hand here? Well, think about this one. The 2018 team did not have a running game, but they won the Super Bowl with the win over the L.A. Rams. No running game. Who's got the odds and who's got the advantage there? You would say Tom Brady must have been the carrier of the franchise and the team to get to the Super Bowl and win it. Okay. The team only scored, what, 13 points that Super Bowl, by the way, if you recall. So then I looked and went back and looked at some other quarterback coaching combinations. Just just for just for kicks here. How did they fare? Brett Favre, number four. Arguably the best quarterback in franchise history. We'll take a look at another quarterback in that franchise here in a moment. But Brett Favre, 16 years with the Packers, 16, made the playoffs 11 times with four different head coaches. Interesting. Okay. Nine, uh, nine playoff appearances in 12 years for one Aaron Rodgers with two coaches with the Green Bay Packers. Hmm. 
Okay, nine trips to the post, 12 years. Okay, Aaron Rodgers is pretty good, uh, which which he is. So is Brett Favre. So is Peyton Manning. 11 years of playoff appearances of 13 total with the Indianapolis Colts. Three coaches, Jim Mora, also Tony Dungy, Jim Caldwell. Super Bowl win in there as well and a Super Bowl loss in Indianapolis. So, okay, hmm, what's that telling you? What's that telling you? Rodgers, two coaches, but nine playoff appearances in 12 years. Manning, three coaches in 13 years and 11 trips to the playoffs. Well, obviously, Peyton Manning's got to be doing something right, right? Brett Favre, four coaches, but 11 playoff appearances in 16 years. It's got to be the player, right? Well, let's just one more thing. We're just going to bring this up here. One more thing here. Think about these players first. Randy Moss. Vince Wilfork, Richard Seymour, Rob Gronkowski, Nate Soldier, Darrell Rivas, Keep Talib, Ty Law, Teddy Bruschi, Nick Vrabel, and uh, Matt Vrabel, and uh, Lawyer Malloy. Willie McGinnis, we'll throw that name in there as well. Boy, those are some studs in there. What do they all have in common, by the way? Jimmy Garoppolo, we'll throw him in there as well. Well, they all didn't have, for the most part, very long stays, or they were gone before... It was really their time to go, either traded or Patriots chose not to re-sign, right? You recall those those instances? And then think about this. Actually, just let me one more thing. It goes with the players, but offensive coordinators, Charlie Weiss left to go to Notre Dame. Josh McDaniels went to Denver, came back. Bill O'Brien, he's down with Houston. Defensive coordinators, Romeo Cornell, Matt Patricia, Brian Flores, Oh, they all left, too, for coaching opportunities. So I give you all those numbers. I give you statistics. I give you comparisons. I give you uh, Tom Brady, the, the best quarterback to play of all time. No argument. No, that's, a, that's a fact. That's, that's nine Super Bowl appearances, six titles, MVP, uh, led the, helped lead the Patriots in an undefeated regular season. Oh, yeah, he did, didn't he? So did Bill Belichick. I'm circling back around here to all the numbers, and – my, my my final statement here is that Bill Belichick has got to be more responsible for the success of the New England Patriots over the course of the last 20 years. 18 trips to the playoffs, 6 Super Bowl wins. Yes, Tom Brady is the player. But look about all those players I gave you, come and gone. The coaching, more specifically, Charlie Weiss was regarded as one of the best offensive minds when he was with New England. Left. Patriots did not miss a beat. Josh McDaniels, an offensive guru, got him to Denver, and they gave him control of draft picks and player personnel with no prior experience, and he was barely 30. Comes back. Bill O'Brien, Patriots didn't miss a beat, by the way, when he left and came back. Bill O'Brien got the job at Penn State, one of the most prestigious jobs, after Joe Paterna was out at Penn State, and now is in control of the GM role and head coaching job with the Houston Texans, despite the debacle that organization is in, consistently in the postseason, and they've got some of the best young talent in all of football. Even Romeo Cornell, Matt Patricia, Brian Flores, the defensive side. Bill Belichick has been able to to keep the Patriots as the premier and the longest running dynasty in professional sports, and I have and I can remember, I, I'm a tick over 30, so forgive me 
if I'm missing one here from the, the 20s and the 30s and the Yankees back in the early years uh, pre-World War II. But in the National Football League, where dynasties are usually a year and a half, two years long, we're talking about 20 years of consistency, of being the, the team at the top of the mountain consistently, knowing you have to go through Foxborough to win a Super Bowl, to proclaim that you are the best. You have to knock off Tom Brady and company because of Bill Belichick. Everybody wants to give it to the player because you buy their uniform. But Bill Belichick has got to be and is the more responsible for the success of the New England Patriots, able to keep the ship afloat, whether Peyton Manning or excuse me, whether Tom Brady is out for the season, which he did, whether it was to have one of the most dynamic and run-stuffing and controllable defenses that the Patriots had in the early 2000s when Tom Brady was a quote-unquote game manager, was filling the role of what Alex Smith was donned as, what Mark Sanchez was. Tom Brady was Mark Sanchez before Mark Sanchez was back in his first couple of years and helped win a Super Bowl. And even in the even the last five years when Tom Brady missed the first four games, who knew Jacoby Brissett? Who knew a Jacoby Brissett outside of the North Carolina State University? Jimmy Garoppolo turned that into a second-round pick who was quickly in the Super Bowl, a guy that, that Bill Belichick did not want to trade but was forced to trade. If Belichick had it his way, Garoppolo would be in New England and Brady would have been the one he traded, but not the case. And then you circle back around here. One more thing. I brought up, because I brought it up, Peyton Manning, 11 trips to the postseason, two Super Bowl appearances in Indian 13 years, three coaches. What's that tell you? The coaches did not cut it. They weren't living up to the billing. If Jim Mora, if Jim Caldwell, if Tony Dungy, Tony Dungy retired, but if they were living up to the bill, there wouldn't have been a coaching change. If Mike McCarthy was filling up the bill, we know how that relationship ended with Rodgers and McCarthy. We know how that ended. If McCarthy was getting it done as a coach, he'd still be in Green Bay. He'd be not just getting to the playoffs, he'd be getting to conference championships and getting to the Super Bowl. He wasn't getting it done. Same thing with Brett Favre. 11 trips to the postseason in 16 years. That's great. It's fantastic. But why so much turnover at the coaching position? Because they weren't getting it done. Belichick gets it done year after year. Attention to detail. Doesn't need the DeAndre Hopkins of the world. Does not need the A.J. Green's Julio Jones to get it done. He can adapt. He can evolve. And he can keep everybody accountable. Something that in 2020 is not done at a high level. And done very well or for very long. But Bill Belichick has managed to do all that keep his team consistent, and do so while wearing a hoodie with the sleeves cut off. Unbelievable. Something I've been thinking about an awfully lot the last couple of weeks. A lot of driving around, moving stuff, painting. It's not the primer, I guarantee you that. But just one of those things, especially right now while we're waiting for sports to come back, we're getting closer that you thought about. And it's become it's become today's today's generational Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. Let him back into baseball topics. Is it Belichick? Is it Brady? And I think I solved the answer to that question and that uh, generational topic here today. So 
Hopefully you enjoyed it. Glad to be back here. We'll be back with you next week. A lot of baseball conversation and NBA as we get back and hopefully through this COVID. Please be careful out there. Wash your hands, social distancing, and uh, raise a glass of 2% milk, that is. June Dairy Month month for all the farmers out there and uh, making this month possible appreciation. Uh, an extra glass of milk, extra brick of cheese. Put it in your refrigerator, butter. You can store it in the freezer. You can, it'll be good, I promise you. And again, thanks for listening. Subscribe, rate, review, forward, share. I'll be back with you next week, another edition of the Big Z Sports Pod, wherever you get your podcasts.